Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to those of you watching from home and in the parking lot. Good to have you with us as well. Okay, I need to show you all something. Are you ready for this? I need you to brace yourselves, okay? I'm just warning you, brace yourselves. Here we go. <laughs> this is Father Hans. Shocking, I know, but you can kind of tell from the haircut, so. <laughs> Actually, this is what's left of Father Hans. So what happened was, earlier this week, he went over to uh, Juan Diego to meet the staff there, and uh, I don't know what he said, but the next morning, this is what was left on our doorstep in a box, so. It's a tough crowd over there. I warned him, I warned him, so. We're going to put Father Hans right over here for a moment. Just for any of you who are worried, that's not really Father Hans. I just want you to know. <laughs> it's actually not a real skull at all, although it looks kind of real, doesn't it? Um, this was uh, something that I bought a few years ago, and I put it in my office in order to practice something that's called memento mori. I know some of you have heard of that. It's a fancy Latin phrase. Say it once after me, would you? Memento mori. There you go. Good. Memento mori. It translates as, remember that you must die or remember that you will die. And I know that sounds kind of morbid for a homily, but it's actually an ancient practice that's intended to help us live, right? And to live well, to live our lives remembering that in the end, they're not our own and that this life is passing and that one day we'll have to go before the Lord's judgment seat and account for the time that he gave us. We don't like to think about that, do we? I don't like to think about that. When I had this sitting on my table, you have no idea how many people would come into my office, see that, and say, what is that, right? Or put that away. Because we live in a society that is pretty good at denying death, right? And ignoring our mortality or hiding our frailty. I mean, think about it. Most of us don't grow up in multi-generational homes anymore where we have to watch our elders decline and eventually die. Few of us hunt or have to slaughter our own food. We color our hair, no comments. We idolize the young. <laughs> we idolize the young and the strong and the physically beautiful. And we have this amazing health care, don't we, that is able to stave off illness and death, sometimes for decades. And that's not all bad. In fact, much of it is really, really good, a great blessing. But Here's the danger, you guys. If our peace of mind and heart is built on ignoring our mortality, and if our happiness is rooted in this world's blessings, if our confidence is grounded in our efforts, in what we can control, then we're not going to be very strong. We won't have the joy and the power and the freedom that we see, for example, in the lives of the saints because the forces against us are just too big. They're too strong. Things like sickness, pandemics, 
failure, tragedy, rejection, maybe even persecution. Father David, in his homily last week, said that if our hopes are hopes for this life only, and if our vision is limited to just this world alone, and if all we're clinging to are the things that this world holds out to us, then it's going to be pretty hard to remain true to ourselves, right? To remain people of faith when life or the world turn against us, because that's all we have. Either we'll hit back with anger and bitterness, or we'll retreat into our safe little spaces, whether real or virtual, or we'll surrender. We'll just give up and go along with the crowd. And I don't know about you, but I see people in one or more of those places all the time, almost every day. Memento mori. Remember that you must die. Remember your life here is passing, that ultimately you're accountable only to God that you have a destiny beyond this world. There's freedom there, you guys, in a strong foundation to stand on when this world or when life turns against, turns against us. In our second reading, St. Paul tells us that remembering death and judgment ought to give us courage. Isn't that interesting? But he says it twice. Courage. Not anxiety. Not fear. Courage. How so? Well, he says that at the moment when each of us comes before the judgment seat of the Lord, it isn't so much like a trial or an examination. It's more like a homecoming. Those are the very words he uses, right? He says, we go home to the Lord. In other words, we know that at the end of our lives, what awaits us isn't so much a prosecution as a person, someone who waits for us, someone watching for us, Someone, if we can say it this way, who's stayed up for us. And this is key. Someone of whose love we want to be worthy. Not someone looking to condemn us, someone who loves us and of whose love we ourselves want to be worthy. I don't know if any of you are into the Lord of the Rings or if you've watched the movie or read the books, but there's that great scene I'm thinking of, I think it's in the third book, where King Theoden rises out of fear and despondency and even a kind of spiritual bondage to fight heroically in the great battle of his time. So in the face of terror, he responds with great courage. And when he's ultimately struck down and lies dying on the battlefield, we find out why and how. Because he says to those who find him and are mourning him, it's okay, you can let me go. Because now I go to my fathers in whose mighty company I shall not now be ashamed. I shall not now be ashamed. My friends, when we go home to the Lord, we too want to be able to say, Lord, I'm not ashamed. Because while I've fallen many times, while life has knocked me down many more, each time you've been there to help me rise. And so by your grace, here I stand. By your grace, I am not ashamed. And that hope, guys, is what keeps us going when our earthly battles threaten to overwhelm us. Pope Benedict says it this way. He says, when we die and stand before the fierce and jealous and intensely clear-eyed love of God, it burns out of us all that's not real, all that's passing, all the, the dross and the rubbish and the garbage that's clung to us as we've made our way through life. And for those who have nothing else in their life, 
nothing eternal, nothing real, the response will be to run, to flee, to avoid at all costs the truth about themselves. But for those who've welcomed the love of God into their lives and who've let it change them, strengthen them, even humble them, they'll find beneath the ashes a sure and sturdy foundation. And God's invitation will be, come, little one, let's build on this together. And as one writer says, that moment will mark for each of us the beginning of a story in which each chapter is better than the last. Memento mori, my friends. Remember that you will die. Remember to whom you belong. Remember who waits for you. As we continue with Mass, let's take just a few minutes and invite God's Spirit into our minds and into our hearts and in his light to think about how the knowledge of our destiny changed the way that we're living right now. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.